You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. After laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Hey guys, welcome to the after laugh. I'm here with my, my new friend, Adam Hartle. What's up? <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good. Am I allowed to, to speak on what we did before the before yeah, of the course. taping? Yes, yeah, we did you smoke want. A, some of California's finest by our sponsor, Caviar Gold. I wish they were my sponsor. They're not. They're not. I should get a weed sponsor, though, yeah, right? Send them this clip, and maybe they'll throw you some free <laughs> weed. Right? <laughs> Is that how it works? Maybe. I have no idea. I'm so bad at that. So um, I'm here in Austin, Texas, and I would say there are a few people who are kind of like running the the comedy game here in Austin, and Adam, you're one of them. Um, seems like, you know, it's like basically Rogan. He is the, everything, go, he's like the godfather. And then you have uh, Brandon and you, and then Rebecca at Creek. And those are the, the, the three, you guys are the three Dons. You know what I mean? We just like putting on shows. Yeah, I yeah. Like, you know, like I got an eye for talent. I like putting on shows. Now, do you feel that the Austin comedy scene has a competitive nature with the clubs or the people booking? Because I remember back in the day, in the back in the day, which was a Tuesday in L.A., there used to be a thing that if you worked at the yep. Laugh Factory, you couldn't mm-hmm. work at the comedy store, you couldn't work at improv, and they had the whole weird thing back and forth, and people get banned if they found out. Um, now that's that's changed, of course. Yeah, the that's the crazy thing is how cool we are with each other. Like yeah. all those people you name, like Rebecca's cool and Brandon's great. All those big laugh guys are awesome. Yeah. So it's cool. We just so help each other you, out. Why do you think that is? <laughs> what do you think is a difference? I, is I think it because we all kind of got here at the same time. You when did you I mean? get here? Uh, like March of last year. Oh, really? Yeah, or 2020. Yeah, or 2021. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That That's around when I came. First oh, show that's was amazing. April 1st. Yeah. And what made you, because you were already in Florida, which wasn't really locked down during COVID, so what made you decide to come to Austin? Anthony, my business partner, had a, a friend out here that had a spot that we could do shows at. He's like, you want to do shows in Austin? I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. So as simple as that. Just and flew that, out. And that space was the Sunset Room? Yep. On, uh, on 3rd Street, right? 3rd Street, yep. That's where we started. And that space is usually used for, like... Weddings. Weddings. And corporate and, events. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're kind of bouncing around a little bit. Yeah. yeah you're, we're, you're looking for a new space. We're looking for a new I guess space. you don't want to talk about the reason why you lost. You can. You can talk shit on this podcast. Yeah, we what don't the fuck? care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was great. You know, just uh, different visions of where we wanted to go. Like yeah. We want to do more shows and focus on comedy. Yeah. And they want to do more corporate events and focus on Money. Know, corporate clients. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who so. they can milk the most out of. Um, one of the things that really impressed me, and I've done your show, I don't know how many times, maybe five or six times. Five I love it. Anybody. It's great. Yeah. And you have... You Such an amazing um, audience. Like, I, I look at your audience, I'm like, how do they curate this audience? How do they get these audience? Because I feel like in LA, when you have an audience like that, it's almost like you get, a, you get like a free audience or a paid audience. They have these, whenever there's an opening like party in LA, they hire all these people from basically an agency to come up to the party and pretend it's cool. Yeah. When really the truth but is, the, premiere parties are garbage and no actors who are in the movie go. So um, they're professional audience members, prof- but these are like real people. Yeah. Young, successful, clearly the best looking crowds in Austin for sure. And, um, and, and, and like I said, very young, seems like very collegiate and post collegiate. So how, did, how were you able to galvanize an audience like that in such a short time? So we teamed up with a group called Austin 365. Oh, yeah. And it's like a marketing company. Yeah. And um, we just said, hey, we got these shows we're starting. We were one of the first shows to kind of, you know, kick back in the gear. And, um, yeah, they just said, here's where we can market. Here's where the sites we can get you on. We can, you know, promote here. And we just kind of turned it over to them. And they worked their magic. And then just you guys coming in and crushing. You know, yeah. I put bad comics up. They're not coming back. Yeah. But um, yeah, one of the things that kind of in, in Austin that kind of uh, made me go, oh shit, was I would do a show at sunset and then go to the Vulcan two days later. So, oh yeah, I saw you. I saw you at sunset. You were great. And here they are at another show. I'm like, I haven't changed my set in two <laughs> new days, really. So then you start feeling, oh wow, people, people, 
even though I had been there for a short time, people have probably seen me. Some of these people have seen me probably like seven or eight times. So I go, oh, I got to really kind of change it up. Although you I got so many minutes, that's that's not a problem at all for you. Although I do feel that sometimes people like the greatest hits. It's that's almost true. you know that's yeah. which is fun. The group is they, kind of a greatest hits the, group. Yeah. The good thing about doing, um, I think, doing like some physical comedy and doing like voices and wacky shit like that. Probably same thing with the videos and stuff that you do. Is that people go, oh, I know this and I like it. It's not like hearing a joke before that surprised them the first time and the second time they're like, you know, I don't really. Yeah. I always think back to like comics that I would see like coming up and I would laugh all, if it was a good bit, I always laugh at the hardest the second time I saw it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So I always think back like, yeah, one or two times I see it, it's not a big deal. I wouldn't yeah. think so. I always try to think about what is most impactful for an audience because I, I, I don't know if you're a Louis C.K. fan. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, I mean, come on. He's like the best, but you're not allowed to say it anymore. Yeah, he's funny. <laughs> I like him. But, you know, people think of his writing, what a good writer he is. You know, he's right for Chris Rock, and he's just a great writer. But then you watch his stuff, he has a lot of, he does a lot of voices and characters and, and energy changes. It's he, he does put on performance, which people forget. And I always try to think, like, I want to do performance, but then sometimes you can get, like, lost in the performance, and people, like, he's going too fast. What the fuck is he doing? He's distracting. Yeah. Um, now, have you, so you, you, you're like a, a, a performance artist, stand-up producer. You're, you're stand-up, because it's true stand-up, but you always have visual aids. Do you, is that something Not that you develop? Oh, you don't know? I've never seen you without. Yeah, probably uh, like, depends on the set length, but um, I'll mix it up. Yeah. So Friday night, I'm not going to do any pictures. Yeah. But I, oh, you're not? Oh, cool. Uh, but I like it. I think it's fun. It's, it's just, great. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things that... I always say this to people, stand-up is not just a written form. And I think it's changed over the years. Not that everyone should do props and gags and wear, you know, belly band belts like I do. But I do think there's something to the fact that um, it's good to think of it as also a visual medium. You know what I mean? And I think that Mm -hmm. visual, visual things stick in people's memory more the images that's why merch is always such a successful sale yeah so um so i like that i always think it's great and i I have all sorts of i've had over the years i've had different kind of weird props i had like sock puppets and all sorts of shit like that yeah yeah because everyone can go up there anyone can go up there and stand in front of a microphone and tell jokes that have been written down yeah um comedy is a blast but at the same time our delivery method is also the same delivery method of like the most boring things ever like a (laughs) a college professor a pastor just just a person speaking yeah yeah so sometimes if you're one of those stand and deliver comics and i'm not knocking them because some of the best are that but if if your delivery and your persona isn't either likable or affable or there isn't something about the delivery that is so unique it just it becomes very boring and i do think that was a problem after kind of like the Dan Cook style was going down and the alt style was coming up, it just became a bunch of people reading from memo pot pads in front of a microphone. Some of the jokes are great, yeah. but ultimately if there's no, no element to it that's uh, performative, then it kind of loses, for me, yeah. it kind of loses the interest. You definitely have the performance in your act. That's great. Yeah, but then I- You're but very then, upbeat and you're, you're wild <laughs> on stage and I, you do like funny voices and the- <laughs> Yeah, some people call it hacky, but I don't oh, care. Well, you can tell you're an actor, too, because you're like a professional. It's like a performance and a stand-up. Yeah. You know, everybody's got their own style. And I do that bit about the German and the yeah, Russian the, accent, yeah, the accent, and then I do yeah. the Boston, New York, and I do Japanese, Chinese, mm-hmm. and, uh, and sometimes I do uh, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa. Um, but I loved, like, it, it satisfies something in me mm-hmm. just to do, like... <laughs> A goofy accent it just sat it's like it's almost like you played sports growing up yeah what did sure. you play uh football basketball oh, football. soccer yeah a little we, bit but i sucked <laughs> what did you play what your position well my joke is that on stage that i played two positions right bench and left out <laughs> <laughs> and you look like aaron Rodgers, so you could have been a quarterback could have been yeah i don't have his arm <laughs> or his money um but you know how like when you're playing a game like football um you're kind of like not necessarily on your on your footing in the beginning and then you get hit and you're like, okay, yeah, now I'm in the yeah. fucking game. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. I feel like that's how it is with me with certain things in comedy. Like if I can get a good scream out on stage or a good goofy accent yeah, or a good fun. physical bit and I can like expel that energy, then, it, then the nervous energy completely goes away because it's replaced by like my, my anger or my passion or me just doing like a weird physical, you know, a weird voice or something. Um, <laughs> 
So how do you know? How do you curate your comics? Do you just get, do word of mouth, or do you scout? Uh, I always gotta see them live, or or see their videos. Yeah, like I saw your video. I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> oh, Piven, yeah. Piven told me about you. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Thank God yeah. for Piven, man. This, you've been a godsend for well, me down here. And I, you know, I was, that doesn't mean anything. Like it, it does, whether celebrity does it or not, but. You know, he, other celebrities have told me about other people, and it's like they're not funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm watching your videos, like, fuck yes, oh, like, cool. get this guy as soon as possible. And Jeremy is one of those guys, and shout out to Jeremy Piven, love the guy, but he's not like super generous with the compliments. <laughs> so, so if he's going to vouch for me, that's, you know, he, yeah. he, he's going to mean it. He's yeah. he's not a guy who's going to be like, oh, I'm going to do it because yeah. Um, he crushed the time we had him last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. He's now fun. I want to hear about your your foray into comedy because you start off in Florida, right? Yep. Where in Florida? Jacksonville. Jacksonville, mm -hmm. which is northeast. <laughs> which part of the dick is Jacksonville it's on? The top, top right. Top so right. Okay. Just straight down on 95. That's kind of like a no man's land in a way, right? In terms yeah. of like the Florida identity. So Florida is basically just a big flat forest. I mean, it's nothing yeah. but trees, and you have like these three pockets of cities, three or four pockets. Yeah. So like all of South Florida is just developed, and then Orlando, Jacksonville, and Tampa. Yeah. And so it's kind of yeah, each corner. Yeah, and you're the and Jack. How big is Jacksonville? Uh, like a million and a half people. Oh, okay, that's pretty it's big. The so, biggest, it's the biggest city in the continental United States land-wise. Oh, really? Yeah, it's huge. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so you went to school there too? I grew up there. Yep. Oh shit, man! Mm -hmm. Jacksonville all the way, man. I love it. Yeah, so I mean, wait, what, I, what was the school? University of Florida at Jacksonville? No, uh, it's in Gainesville. That's where I went to college. Oh, okay, okay. And Gainesville is just nearby. Hour and a half down the road. Yep. God, that's so Florida's Florida is so fucking long. Like hour and a half down the road, and on the on the map, it's like nothing. It, on the it's state. a very long state. Yeah. <laughs> if you go from like Key West to Pensacola, it's like a twelve-hour drive. Jesus Christ, that's <laughs> amazing. Um, so wow, what what would you say the identity of Jacksonville? Do you consider yourself a Southern boy? Um, yes. There, there's a South and there's the Deep South. Yeah. Jacksonville's the South. Okay. Like the Deep South is dirt roads and um, no grocery stores, but a dollar store. You yeah. know, those in the little pockets. Um, those are great places. You know, a lot of cool natural springs. Um, uh, but Jacksonville's the South, you know, we hold the door open for people. We let people in traffic. Everybody kind of, yeah. everybody takes care of their kids. Everybody is nice to each other. The art scene is, is pretty non-existent. The art scene? Yeah. So is there a comedy club there? There's a couple little ones. Yeah. Little ones. Yeah. yeah. But not a one that the touring comics really come through not that are really working. Yeah. Unless you do like the Florida theater, there's like a cool theater downtown oh, okay. and then there's a big arena too. It's a college town too, right? Um, they got UNF. So most people leave for college and then come back after college. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, I always, the identity of Florida is always weird to me. And Florida gets a bad rap, too. Yeah, we do. Do you want something to drink? <laughs> I do, but Because I was about yeah, to say, man, so I know. My mouth is so dry. Do you, do you, do you mind if we swap spit with the. Perfect. Um, no, I, no I, I just, I was like, oh, we smoke some weed. He's probably got. Ah, you're in my mind. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, the whole idea of the Florida man and this idea that the state of Florida is the great unwashed Republican <laughs> army. You know, destroying America. You get, you get a little bit of everything in Florida. What do you What do you think about that? Is that Is that because okay? I went to school in New Jersey, and New Jersey obviously has a bad rap too. Because when you land in New Jersey, you're in Trenton or Newark. Mm -hmm. But New Jersey's beautiful, right? And Florida is not just a bunch of trailers and white trash and people like with American flags saying "Go Trump" and then Cubans. Yeah, it's very diverse yeah so what do you think that identity is about what do you think um, that came from florida's kind of like a microcosm of the united states because like the bottom half is democratic and the top half is florida so mm -hmm. it's just it's flipped in that sense yeah um it's kind of 50 50 uh you know we're the state that votes both ways um you've been a florida's been a swing state for like decades forever, right? yeah yeah they vote for which is good it kind of and it's a huge like number of their you know as if elections are even real <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here we go. It don't even matter. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into no. it. Because I, I, we've talked a bit. Now, I know that, I don't know if you identify, are you libertarian? Or, I'm a libertarian, yeah. yeah. So I voted for Trump last time. Um, Bo both elections? I, no, not the first time. I voted libertarian the first time, and I voted for Trump last time. Yeah. Yep. Now, I, I mean, look. And then people, the, middle of the, night canvas, the middle of the night vans counteracted my vote. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really think that happened? I 100. percent Okay, that. why? Yeah. So what? 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 Because I don't know enough about ballot harvesting and all that shit. But like, yeah. Obviously, the way that the media will portray it and try to let you know is, is it's just kooky, QAnon, conspiracy theory shit. Yeah. 
and I'd like to believe it is because I hate the idea of our election being so yeah. easily corrupted. Yeah, that's what happened. So, what makes you certain, as certain well, as the My Pillow guy, that this happened? Everything was locked down at that time, so there was nothing to do. A lot of didn't have any stand-up shows. Couldn't really travel. Everything's locked down. So I was spent a lot of time watching YouTube videos uh-huh. of um, election workers, the poll workers. Yeah. You know, every single like live, they shoot them live. No, they would be interviewed by like a local. Uh, it wasn't covered by the media at all. Yeah. But it'd be like some local college news that's talking to somebody, you know, or like, and it's definitely not on the major news channels at all. They're gonna say this guy won. Yeah. Oh, the you know the numbers are swinging. You know, like once they say we're not gonna know for three days, it's like you always know election <laughs> night, right? I mean, every election, pretty every, much, you know yeah. election night. All election Although night, Florida seems always to be like one of those. Diff- they use COVID as a mail and excuse to to bring in some trucks in the middle of the night, which eyewitnesses say that. There's dozens of eyewitnesses say, "Yep, the trucks came in. They kicked us out. They brought them in the middle of the night." Like. There's eyewitnesses saying they're watching the uh, votes get put through the machine. This one woman, it was also a hearing with the local jurisdiction. You can watch those C-SPAN hearings. Uh It was like a local city council hearing. So if you watch those hearings, which who does? They're boring as hell. But you'll hear these poll workers who are like, they're the referees. They're not, they're just there to make sure the vote is done right. It's like the lady taking your ballot that slides to the machine when you vote. So those people are telling the local city council what happened, what they saw with their eyes. No reason to lie. They're not trying to be famous. They're not trying to make money. So one lady said, I saw them putting in the mail-in votes through the machine and every single serial number was in sequence. So 2223 was next to 2224, next to 2225. But yeah. if they're mail-in, they would have been mailed back randomly. randomly. Yeah. So they were all forged and they're just feeding it through the machine. All it so they were forged or they were real, but they were well, collated in an illegal way. What I think way. happened was when election night was done, that's when you could see who had voted and who hadn't voted. So it's like, well, you know, Tom Smith at this address hadn't voted. Let's just put him down as a vote. And so the idea is that they would take registered voters and, and, say that they and then in a take vote. their ballot Take their information and fill it in. And fill it in. Over the course of three days. It was so close, all you needed was like 40 or 50,000 in like four states. Now, where were the states where it was happening? For sure, Michigan. For sure, Georgia. So not in Florida. And most likely Pennsylvania. Most in Pennsylvania as well. Well, DeSantis cleaned up our voting. He made he, he tightened it up. He made it fair. And he's yeah. He seems pretty popular. So I he's imagine if, yeah. he's, if he's on Trump's he's from side, Jacksonville. Yeah, he went to high school really? right, right where I went to high school. Yeah, he's a Jacksonville guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacksonville's got a little bit of everything. We got big African American population, big um, Arabic population. Um, we got everything. It's it's a lot of soccer moms and and you know kid coaching dads you know yeah. church goers family you know yeah. the, the married couple with the three kids and the dad coaches on the weekends and they go fishing or boating or go to college football games and a lot of sporting events but um but that, that's what i saw what happened with, with from the eyewitnesses saying they kicked us out what happened was it was like an all-day thing too like election days from 8 a.m till 8 p.m you can go vote so they would kick the republican poll challengers out and the whole place would cheer. I have a video of this on my Instagram. The whole yeah. place would cheer when they would kick a Republican one out. Yeah. But it only would happen at, there, it was a TCF center in Michigan, and then the place right down the road from CNN in uh-huh. downtown Atlanta. So all you needed to do was corrupt two, I mean, think about how many places there are that you can go vote. Like, call any one of your buddies up, say, hey, where'd you vote at? And you're going to hear probably 15 different answers. Sure. And that's just the city that you're in, let alone the whole state. So all you got to do is just corrupt two places that can feed the machines in the middle of the night, 20, 30,000 votes, done. Yeah. And then it swings three states, swings the whole election. And you think that's what happened? So you think without that, Trump would have been elected? 100%. Yeah, oh, when wow. we all went to bed on election night, that was the final score. So why do you think that has been so hard to prove and that at this point, America has no appetite for that, even if it is provable? Because I feel like even if the My Pillow guy or Trump came out with the videos and the documents, people would just be like, oh, what? Who, who knows? There's so much disinformation. I mean, and if misinformation. nobody talks about it, is it even a thing? It's like if a tree yeah. falls in the woods type thing. So if nobody covers it, yeah, exactly. And nobody hears about it. What are, what are you going to do? You know. Yeah. So it's uh, the media doesn't do their job, unfortunately. But um, and do you think that Trump uh, should run again for twenty twenty four? I'd rather DeSantis, but I'd vote for Trump if he ran. Yeah, yeah. but it's almost like he's draining. The reason I think it happens because when you're draining the swamp and you're not corrupted by money, he already has money. He didn't give a shit. He's just yeah. doing what's best for the American people and what's best for him and not trying to be globalist and you know join all these other. Um, big international groups but um, so yeah he was doing the best for America and best for American people and when you drain the swamp the snakes can see you better and they can start biting you and I think yeah. there was a lot of snakes that came up and got him like 
you know, the FBI is more interested in whether it was a rope or a noose for one guy's either it was, it was somebody making a really cruel joke to him or whether it was a garage noose that got more investigation yeah. than whether this election was legal or not. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's probably the people turning a blind eye are probably in on it too, would be my guess. Now there's a part of me that's willing to entertain that idea that, that Trump was pissing off the status quo mm-hmm. and there was some entrenched, the sort of entrenched monarchy of fucking DC was threatened by him. Uh, but the only thing that sort of mitigates that thought is just like he acted, he said some dumb, dumb shit. Oh, for sure. On a constant basis. He did. To the point where Very I was like, shallow. does no one. I mean, I'm, I'm, this isn't a bad thing. Okay, so like someone like Dane Cook, who I think is a brilliant comic, and I was a fan when I was growing up. But when all the backlash was happening, he would just say some shit. And he would just. And talking, behaves. And, and I, I was kind of like, does he not have a friend? to grab him by the shirt and go hey dude stop stop yeah what was he doing i don't even remember it's it just like he was kind of he, he wanted to wear the black hat for a while and be a bad guy and he was just sort of like being a little aggressive with comics and fans and stuff like that yeah nothing terrible but mm-hmm. just enough that like you're such a big star you should you should be so protective of that as opposed to be profligate and just Fuck it, and I'm not. Don't take photos of people. Fuck this person. Yeah. yeah, yelling at other comics. It's just bumping people constantly. Yeah, and it just felt like there was no one in his corner. Go like, hey, dude, stop! Yeah. You're being a fucking asshole. Yeah. And I feel like yes with Trump, around. the same thing. Was there any? There was no one around Trump to be like, dude, stop! What are you doing? It's true. You can yeah. win this in yeah. a landslide. Yeah. But you're being a fucking idiot with your tweets. He, he would stoop to people's level and get real petty for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was frustrating. But, you know, actions speak louder than words. And, if, and to me, fake elections have real consequences. And if you're growing up in Afghanistan right now, or if you're in the Ukraine, yeah. bombed right now, like Putin knows now's the time to start grabbing land because yeah. all the tough guys, you know, the, the cops are defunded, so to speak. Like nobody's yeah. going to do anything to this guy. So. As bad as Trump was, sometimes you need a guy that's a little bit of an asshole. The way I look, look, I, I, I say this in my act. I go, COVID messed with my heart. It made me a little Republican. But I, I didn't vote for Trump. I can't, my dad did. I can't, I, I, for me personally, th- th- there's three tenets of the Republican Party that I could just. Did you vote for Biden? I didn't vote. You didn't vote? All right. Hey, that's good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I wasn't like, yay, Biden, either. Um, yeah. And I wasn't like, gay Hillary, either. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I hope a bunch um, of people don't vote on the left. <laughs> I, I wanted Obama to win. You know, I did. Yeah, I, mean, and I, I understand. didn't mind Obama. I liked Obama. I thought he uh, did a good job. Uh, and I understand why people, whatever, may have problems with him. But at the same time, like, I, I liked him. I think that sometimes it's just important to have, like, a young, charismatic person. Even if they're not telling the truth, they sound good and they look good. It's important yeah, good for the world. Head. Yeah, the kids can actually watch a speech of Obama's. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I liked him. Um, so, uh, so, you know, the weed got, me, got my fucking thing distracted. Um, yeah, I don't think I could, I could ever uh, vote for Trump because of these three things. I don't understand why the Republican Party has to hold on to anti-abortion shit. Just let people, like, you know what, make abortion ATMs. I'm not all for killing babies, but I'm not for stopping killing babies. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Like, I agree that it's probably closer to killing babies than it is, like, well, taking a poop as louis ck would say yeah there's, but also there's definitely a gray area there where you can make it safe and right for everybody yeah and i understand that like it's the the idea i mean having you know having kids yourself and you know me too the idea of it like it's but it's also not just because i might have a, an issue with it i don't f- want to impose that for other people yeah i agree just because they weren't born without a soul <laughs> <laughs> for me for me the abortion issue and the and the gun issue are similar in the, uh, the i think both sides are wrong for the same mentality which is if we just get rid of this then it won't happen like if you get rid of abortion yay everybody have a baby and it'll be wonderful like no that's when that's the guy true. around the corner with the clothes hanger and the black market yeah. takes over because there's a public demand for it. anything there's a public demand for and you don't offer it and regulate it the black market's going to take over absolutely so from, yeah i think from, from it's, anything if it's, you take guns away there's gonna be a black market of like hey i manufactured this gun i just printed this gun i can make you some bullets like there's gonna be abortions and alleys and gun sales and alleys exactly so you, you want it to be safe and regulated and also just because you take all the guns away doesn't mean it's going to stop people from 
still having guns. Just of like, course. You can't take all the abortions away. They're still going to go have an abortion. They're still going to get the wire hangers out. <laughs> I, I think what's weird for me as someone who I straddle the fence, I would say I probably lean, lean liberal just because it's the, the indoctrination going to liberal arts college. <laughs> And just and just you know going to NYU after that and just kind of feeling and being a, a theater actor in New York, yeah, where everything was part of the LGBT movement, you know. So I I never felt in any way aligned with anything right wing or conservative. At the same time, I think that as you get older, you get a little bit more kids get off my lawn. Number one and number two, I think you just understand that there are certain institutions and ideas that are American that are worth conserving. It's yeah. literally like we're just trying to conserve certain principles and precepts to keep the country flowing and moving in a, yeah. in a good way. And I don't think that's bad. And I used to be so like, if you're Republican, you're fucking evil. It's that phrase like if you're if you're Republican and you're what is the phrase you know what I'm talking about? If if you, if you were um, if you're a Republican in your twenties. You're evil. If you're a Democrat in your 40s, you're stupid. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I could see some of that. I think that uh, for me, I'm an independent. I'm registered independent, so I don't ever get to vote on the, you know, the party ticket or whatever. But there's just so, so many things on the left that I do agree with, and I think the, the right was wrong about for a lot of years, like weed and gay marriage. Weed, gay marriage, that and abortion. Like yeah. those two things. Those like two if, things. If, if Ron DeSantis ran and he goes, I want to make weed federally legal... And I'm, I'm supporting gay marriage, and I also want to, like, lessen abortions. He would, like, literally everyone in the country would vote for him. I don't know if anyone. Yeah. But I think he would win in a landslide. Yeah, I think so, too. I'd love to see DeSantis run. Like, yeah. my, my whole thing is, like, I'm independent, but I lean one way or the other. Like, during the Obama years, I think I did kind of lean to the left a little bit because um, it was fun. I didn't buy into all the hate, you know. He's a first Muslim that's going to tear up, kill the And country. he handled it with charm. Yeah, he was a professional. I thought he was fine. I thought yeah. the Obama years were, were very good. Um, so I leaned to the left then, and now with this whole lockdown and mandates and show me your papers and all this shit, like... The whole democratic socialist thing is like take that s word out of your name, Democrats. Like that, that ain't helping. Yeah, it's really weird. They, they, they. I think Trump left such a bad taste, right or wrong, for better or for worse, yeah. justified or not. And the media was making money off of saying how and bad he was. The media was making money off. I mean, to this day, so you turn just, MSNBC is like, and Trump today said, like, I know. really? They're he's not. He's having president for how long now? Yeah. So, um, I think that uh, Trump because of Twitter and the media and late night TV, they just drilled like what an awful, horrible man, how he's gonna start nuclear war with uh, North Korea, how he's mm -hmm. a cat's paw for Russia. Oh yeah, the whole Russia thing. He got drilled in your fucking braid. Yeah. And you know, the alternative of, of watching Fox News just never seemed like an option, you know? Yeah. I mean, I watch a little bit more now, just I'm like, let me just see. Yeah. But I still like, Ugh, I can't look Sean Hannity's stupid face. <laughs> so, um. It happened so long that when when Biden came in, everyone everyone that was super left and afraid just said, "Ah!" and they came out guns a blazing with these ideas, and most of them are fucking cockamamie. Yeah. And the funny thing about the cockamamie ideas, and I'll give a perfect example, like Colin Kaepernick. Um, you know, I, I didn't mind that he took a knee and wanted to fight police brutality now that he was on the bench, but. Um, <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If he was starting, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, but then when he wrote an essay about abolishing the police, I'm like, well, he's fucking retarded. Yeah. That's re like, and, you're the dumb dumb. If that, you think abolishing the police, what world do you live in where you think that's... So the point is, so when these stupid people who are talking about abolishing the police, white, black, it doesn't matter, um, they got so much credence for that idea. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, not only is that a even defunding the place was cities are burnt. Cities burn for like a month. Yeah, just wild. just just from. I mean, Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, like she took some money away from the police to to you know allocate it elsewhere, and then she she quietly made a big announcement about putting in other things, and then when the crime went through the roof, she like silently, quietly, without any press release, put it back into the police. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's happening across the country. And now I don't know if you know, so the State read, of the Union. They read a headline and they just, you know, decide. But the State of the Union, you're like, we're not going to defund the police. We're going to fund the police. And the Democrats are all plotting. I'm like, what? What's happening now? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I think the thing that I always, and I always talk, I try to talk about it in my standup a lot, and maybe I go a little deep in the weeds, but like, everyone's full of shit. Like, every politician is full of shit. They don't really care. I mean, I know you said that, like, you think Trump cares about people. I think he cares about people, but he also has a massive ego. Oh, for and sure. And he cares about his legacy, yeah, and he wants people to like him. Man on Earth. And he wants to be, he it. wants to be right yeah. about everything. Yeah, he can never be wrong. Yep. Um, he probably has borderline personality disorder if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, <he> could. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's a bad yeah. trait to have as a president. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, um, and I don't know why. I feel like if I were to say that to a libertarian or Republican, they're like, yeah. That's probably true. You say it to like a Democrat, they're like, no, how dare you say that about AOC or the squad? They get angry. They get very angry. (laughs) The side that thinks they're tolerant gets extremely angry if you disagree with them. Well, I mean, mean, there's been studies done too, like the way that they used to talk about how a Republican mind would work in the 90s. They did studies and they basically said it works like the way a drunk mind works, which is when something happens, like you don't perceive it in a nuanced way, you perceive it as like right or wrong, good or bad. Again, this goes back to borderline personality disorder, right? Like everything is like, oh, this is an affront, or this is like either love or it's hate. It's, it's, everything's like a right angle and everything's like this. And there was no sort of um, nuanced way of looking at things. And there, I remember reading that study in the New York Times. They did that same study like a year ago, and now that's what they get with liberals. Same thing. Everything's yep. a right angle. Everything yep. there is no nuance. Do this or else, and yeah. which is very okay. bizarre how that it happened. Is bizarre. Yeah, it used to be down with the system, and and now it's do everything the system says. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It used to be fuck the man. It's like yeah. you're not listening to the man. Exactly. How dare you? There's and it'll bet- switch back the other way, in my opinion. I think Republicans will get crazy after a while too. At some yeah, point, know. you know. I mean, I thought the Republicans were crazy to weapons of mass destruction. Let's go bomb every place. It's like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's like shut down the whole world and take this. Experience experimental jab or else you'll be fired you know it's like yeah it's just like it's just what are these people doing it seems like there are people who are more like you and me who are kind of looking at things on issue by issue basis exactly have an independent mind to to vote on what they believe in what they don't sometimes it goes against party line um but why doesn't that party exist is it just because of the hegemony and the money is just the The corporations own the two-party system so we can't break it yeah i think so because you voted for a libertarian. Yeah, you should now, do. Now, obviously, that's a symbolic vote. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, people always say you're throwing your vote away thing. You know, I get that. But then again, they do show the number of, of so it's, a, never, hey, here's a number. Get, it shows exactly. the ground You're never going to get 50% unless you got 4% one election, 15% another election. I mean, at that point, all you got to do is get 33% because yeah. if it becomes a three-party thing. Yeah. So. Pump the numbers up a little bit. I just want people to do whatever they want. Everybody should have the freedom to do whatever they want. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous that a government can say, inject this into your body or you can't have a job. Yeah. Like that blows my mind. That's a real thing. I get that. So that's, that's a huge issue. And then obviously climate change is an issue too. Like I agree with the left on the climate, but that's something we need to figure out of you know, over time, like look at the people that are dying from like tornadoes and look at people that are dying in Ukraine right now or, you know, or Afghanistan or there's like people that are really dying or from coronavirus. Yeah. That's an issue. Yeah. Like China's making up shit and putting it out into the environment. It's crazy, right? (laughs) It's crazy to this day. They still haven't been like, oh, by the way, it was clearly a lab leak. Because they're trying to cover that by up. all sense of logic, it was a lab leak. It seems that way. Yeah, that's a that's the bigger issue than did you get vaxxed or not. It's yeah, a man-made thing killed millions of men. Yeah, something a man-made just like it's like an atomic bomb that went off. Yeah, it's a man made it and it killed millions of people. And they're still inconclusive about where it came from. That's that's going to kill a lot more people than the weather. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it goes to show that if they can get away with it. They can do it to get away with it again. Exactly. Why not? If history said anything, it's what happens once will happen again. Yeah. So what What if the next virus that accidentally, quote unquote, gets leaked out, kills 8 million people yeah. instead of 3 million people? And think of countries that maybe fared well with coronavirus. Maybe their GDP wasn't destroyed. Maybe their economy wasn't destroyed. Maybe the way their population centers are, they just weren't as effective. And they see how much it set their competition back. They may be like, oh, we should probably fucking get another one going yeah and then they can give them right to print money i mean china china has uh, china's power has doubled 
since the pandemic started, ironically. I don't think people realize what China... People borrow more and more money from China. More and more money from China. They're making more shit. And they're also... Um, they own Africa now. I mean, people don't even realize that. Like, during the pandemic, China went over to Africa and just bought everything. Wow. They own the oil. They own the electricity. Wow. They own fucking everything in yeah, Africa. Yeah, they're the biggest people-wise country, so they got to... Yeah. And it's yeah. a crazy world out there. More so what are your favorite, what, and we'll go back on one more thing. What's your favorite conspiracy theory that you kind of like, look, here's my favorite conspiracy is, you know, I mean the whole, the rigged vote is, I think that's a real thing. Um, I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist person, but, um, uh, I don't think Jesus had magic powers. Is that a conspiracy theory? Where I come from, that would be a big conspiracy theory. <laughs> I think he was just a regular dude. <laughs> I think Jesus was a regular dude that did cool shit and then just... Can you be a, 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 think he was a regular dude and also still be a Christian? Uh, for Jesus, you mean? Yeah. Can you yeah. think he was a regular dude and still be a Christian? Yeah, because... Uh, so. Well, Christian is a follower of Jesus, so he, was, he just started this cool club as a regular dude and then the stories just <laughs> exponentially got exaggerated. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, the idea that... Um, that all that there was a time when things were magical and burning bushes yes. and God was like, Hey, you. here's everything. And yeah. Yeah. I just think that like, if you believe the Bible is hundred percent accurate, then you think God is the biggest terrorist on earth. Yeah. Because the flood, all he saved was everything he did. He yeah. saved like one family <laughs> and a bunch of animals. That's all he saved. Grandmothers are getting washed out, newborn babies, like God's washing them out. Yeah. You know? Like that was a bad thing he did. Did you ever go, I went to, you probably, in Kentucky, they have a, a replica of the Ark. I've heard of it. <laughs> That'd be you, fun you, for me and you to go do interviews oh, and shit there. <laughs> you, I went. You did gotta you really, go. It's did amazing. You, did you film anything there? Did I, oh, no. I, I mean, I took some photos, but... Um, you would have been great doing street interviews right outside oh, of that God, thing. <laughs> that thing is great. You, you have to, you go to this parking lot, you take a shuttle bus to the Ark. So you can't just drive up and park by the Ark. It's like, you gotta take a shuttle bus to, it's like Jurassic Park. And um, we were with, the, there was this like older black couple in, in the shuttle bus with me and my friend. And, and they're like, yep, this is our sixth time coming, man. This is such an amazing, like people, wow. like it's really a, a modern American Mecca yeah. for Christians. Mm -hmm. And you go there and they, they spend, they obviously had some very smart people, smart for Christians. Anyway, <laughs> smart people sort of like reverse engineer the idea they took all of the, anything scientific they could from the Bible or, or whatever they could find. And they kind of said, well, it was, you know, the arc was 3,000 cubits. Well, a cubic back then in Roman times was actually this measurement. So they kind of made it fit in a way that they could actually build the arc. And the arc wasn't like, you know, it's, it's huge. The thing is fucking huge, but it's not like huge huge where you're like oh shit this could fit one of every animal yeah exactly but when you go in there they go okay here's how the animal <laughs> thing works. <laughs> we take every type of animal so this type of animal will be on the ark and this covers like 50 different species and this type of animal and they were really trying to convince you like yeah, look here's man how here's how it happened, happened yeah. for sure this and they uh and they and showed like all the there. plants and, all, mm -hmm. and, the, and the, this is how the water got recycled. They would use the sun to move wow. the thing. And that <laughs> I'm like, and then you'd see like the people in the ark, like Noah's wife just chilling, reading. And she was like, really? Is that what it was? That's what life on the ark was like? <laughs> it's like a magazine, Sunday. Like she's on a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was just so mellow. Everyone's happy on the fucking ark. Um, so it is profoundly silly. And also millions and millions of dollars were vested into this idea to convince people that this was scientifically sound. And the truth is, if you are like a young kid and you're eight, 10, 12, whatever, you go there and your family's like, hey, you're gonna believe that. Yeah, You're gonna be like, sure. yeah, this is, this, I'll make, oh, the water, the windmill, and oh, that yeah. makes sense. Everybody has a belief system that they were programmed to believe by somebody. Yeah, and, and then you need to get. To either figure it out or just don't ever think about it and go with it. Those are the two choices. Sometimes don't you wish you just didn't think about it and went with it? Ignorance <laughs> is bliss. Yeah. Sometimes life don't you want like. so easy. Is it so great? Nice to, long life. Is it so great to have your eyes open? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do you feel like you, there's a moment in your life where you went from being sort of unconsciously going along with like 
Jacksonville boy, the, the Christian thing, blah, 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 for where sure. something like cha- what, ha- what happened in your life? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's kind of what propelled me to get into stand-up, really. Mm, what, tell me story. Well, I was married, had two kids, and it was like, all right, this is it. I'm a dad and, you know, work a regular job and, you know. What was your regular job? Well, before that, I was coaching football, which was really fun. And uh, High school football? High school and college, too. I was with the Gators for a little bit, yeah. What did you coach on the Gators? Uh, I was called the game analysis coordinator, so I was on the coaching staff, like the support staff. Oh, shit. I was How much? Up in the box on the headsets talking to the coaches doing that's probably stuff. a great job i did it was wild man it was a wild is time that, is, is that pay like a living it was all right i didn't pay much i was a school teacher i'd coached high school football before that and taught and it paid just a little bit more than that okay so i didn't pay much but in the hour that's a great teaching. job it's, it's it's the foot in the door the next step up is like a position coach the next step up is a coordinator so it's like a you know, and you have to move around a lot. You got to travel. And so you do that job, which yeah. is a fun job. You I get to travel. It. it was my you childhood have... favorite team. I'm hanging out with oh, football man. players. Like I coached Tebow in high school in Jacksonville. Oh really? And I introduced him to the coaching staff and helped recruit him to Florida. Oh wow, that's so, amazing. Yeah, it was cool. And so uh, you have this. It's kind of a dream job. Yeah, I mean, it was. maybe you could get paid more, but that sounds like a dream job. Yeah. And then, and you're in your town, and you have your your wife and your kids you love. Well, it sounds the, like everything's going great. So what made you kind of jump? This is before I met my wife and before I had kids oh uh, before you yeah. met your wife and had kids so i was working there and then um then i played uh poker for like two three years played professional poker holy shit do you yeah. go to the world series no i just do live cash games i lived in vegas for like a year and, and you were good at cash it games. yeah i made a little how, bit more than the job before that how were you how are you i mean i'm terrible at poker but what is what is the thing because now they've just dis- they've decided very uh, discovered very recently that a computer can actually beat a human in poker now which is a very new thing yeah. We, we discovered that a computer could be a human chess long before because poker, a lot of it had to do with the idea of bluffing, but now they've, they've turned it into a mathematical system. I don't system. know that a computer can beat a person in poker. No, they've just, I'm, I'm telling you, it came, the article came out last week. Because I was reading about it. If the programmed to do this in this situation, then the player would know that the computer's programmed to do that, and then he could bluff and get him off hand. But, but, it, it, but whatever this new algorithm is incorporates bluffing and why people bluff and the psychology of when gotcha. they would bluff here on the yeah. river. And it's, it's I'd love very, to play computer and poker. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, what makes a good poker player? Patience, discipline. Patience, yep. discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to spend a lot of time at the table. It's like telling somebody, you know, don't eat... Um, don't drink soda or eat desserts if you want to lose weight. You know to do that, but can you not do it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just want to be like, all in. Yeah, the money's there, and like, you feel like you're pot committed. You one more, I just need that one more card for a straight or for a flush. Or I'm a math guy, so everything was just numbers. I just did it all off of numbers, basically. Did you teach math in high school, too? I did, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Taught algebra and geometry. So I was like 22 teaching 16-year-olds. Get yeah. hit on by 16-year-olds and be like, get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been front page. Woo, yeah. Tough. Yeah, uh, it was creepy. And but you yeah. can't really count cards in, in poker, can you? Um, you, the, read, you read people and you can read the room. Yeah, there's certain people that will do the same thing in certain situations. Yeah. But it basically, it's just playing the numbers. So like, do you ever play? How familiar you are with, with Texas Hold'em? Yeah, I've played. Yeah, I'm so tight bad. is right. I would just play ace-10 or better. Like, fold ace-5 every time. Yeah. Like, my whole strategy is when the flop hits, I know I'm in the lead. Yeah. And then you can go from there. And if these people want to chase, I'm pushing. So I'm very, very passive. Fold, 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 fold. And then when I get in a hand, I'm going. Yeah. Like, I know on the flop, I'm either going to win this hand or lose this hand. Yeah. So if I have ace-queen and a queen flops and nobody raised pre-flop, I got top pair with an ace-kicker. Like, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Because pocket kings would be me, but they probably would have raised pre-flop. Yeah. So, and then I'd make so much money with ace-queen and a queen flops, and he's got queen-jack. I make so much. That's basically how I would make money. Yeah. You know, he shouldn't have been playing queen-jack if he was watching me. I fold every single time. Yeah. So if I'm betting on after the flop, and um, yeah, just... It's boring as hell. I play like one or two hands an hour. Maybe oh like, wow! Maybe yeah. But I, when I played, I would win. Yeah. So you, you know. You so just, how much would you make a year doing that? Um, I paid my, all my bills with it. So yeah. I, I bought my wife's engagement ring with it. So. So yeah. it's not six figures, but it's over fifty. I'm guessing. Yeah, right in there. Yeah. yeah. Did that for three years, putting the hours in. And so. And you're, you still haven't met your wife at this point. At this point, I had met her. Yeah, you had met her. Mm-hmm. That must yeah. be a tough job to have when you're married. And she pregnant? Has she had pregnant? Have a kid yet? No, single. So it's easy. Just the two of us. It's Just easy, two no of you. Kids. So she would travel it's with easy. you to these places. Yeah, it was she, fun. It was it like was fun. Yeah, making cash. You make know, cash. Going on a going trip. Going out. Yeah, I had a good week. You know, I'll take next week off and let's go snowboarding together. Let's yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. And would you fun. ever go to like um, Monte Carlo or fancy places to do poker and shit like that? Um, Dubai. I would. Well, I was in Vegas. So I'd be on the Vegas Strip 
trip every time you yeah know, playing live i played online too online was fun but then that got corrupted oh, so yeah. people started cheating but for like a year and a half there you could have like four or five games open at once like the most money i ever made was online i had a couple months where i really did really well online so that was fun yeah which takes off a huge part of it which is like the tell and looking at people's faces but you're more judging on the behavior what they do per what hand they do. yeah if you see somebody folding all the time so you have to really you've got to be afraid of that you guy. have to be smart and you have to pay attention to you, you all to, these different it's players all pieces of information just like football it's all pieces of information oh, and you wow. come up with a game plan do you so, still play poker professionally? not really sometimes? no i bet on i do live uh, sports betting i'll do live football betting oh really that's my gamble now i love on DraftKings. uh no it's um i'll just uh site online you can it's like live betting so as the game's going you can bet the game and you live. do well it's fun because you don't understand doing football that, that yeah, most people make, don't have. Yeah, so I have fun with it. I so. feel like I should do that with UFC because I do I do an MMA podcast you with should. this guy Adam Hunter. I don't know if you know Adam. He's great if he ever comes to town. Um, but he uh, he's a comic and he he basically knows all these guys. He knows all the gyms. He knows all the relationships and all the drama. Yeah. So he'll hear about if someone's like going through a breakup or someone got injured or like I'm like man. You really, yeah, it's like know. insider <laughs> information on Wall Street. That's not illegal. Like, you should fucking use it. Yeah, you just use pieces of information. So, at, at Florida, one of my jobs was we would do the cut ups. So, with football, like, football is like basketball with unlimited timeouts. Yeah. You huddle and come up, coaching so important, and the strategy and the X's and O's and all of it. So, we would give like 30 pieces of information to every single football play. So, like, formation, down, distance, yard line, hash. Was there motion pre-snap? Was it th two tight ends, two receivers, and a running back? Was it five wide? Was it was it a runner? Was it a pass? Who'd they go to? Like you can, put, and it's like an Excel spreadsheet. And then the result of that is, if you want to see every first and ten of your opponent inside the red zone, uh, or for every first and goal for that for the last two seasons, you click a button, and every one of their first and goal plays will, will pop up, or every one of their Holy fourth shit. and one plays will pop up. It's like oh, that's what they like to do on fourth and one. That's what they like to do on. So that's how the coaches watch football. They'll see like all their short yardage plays. They'll watch their third and long plays, how they pass. Then you just try to find tendencies. And here's the real chess match part. So Florida invented that in the 90s, and now every college does. Oh, it. really? Yeah, they invented wow. like the computer part of like the breakdowns of the. So now that it's called scouting, but then there's a thing called self-scouting where you do the exact same thing to yourself so you know what they know, uh, knowing that they're doing the same thing to your team. But then they, they know that you know that they know. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow, man. So that's there's, wild. There's so you, you definitely have a, you, you have a mind that's suited for that because not, not everyone can do that even if they study it and work on it. So you have a, you have a, you have a smart, smart people. You yeah. can just say you're a brilliant man. Just admit I'm you're an brilliant. idiot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I would look at you and go like, "Here's a math whiz." That wouldn't be my first thought. I did mushrooms all night last night, and I got three <laughs> hours of sleep. <laughs> I got three hours of sleep. I'm not very smart, <laughs> but you, you probably do that to quiet the mind because it's working too much. It's working too hard. I just like to have fun, you know, and, and I like to go with the energy and the flow. And the guy yeah. at the party had a giant bag of mushrooms. He's like, you want some? And I was like, hell yeah. Are you ever in a bad mood? Like, yeah. is, is there, is there like a, a dark Adam Hartle that I, I haven't I get, met? I get down in the dumps, man. I do. Like I had a rough, you know, like I always think that they're big problems, but they're not. But you know, I also work in the stock market. I'm an investor. Yeah. So I've invested in Apple and I would, you know, that's another gamble I like to do Damn, as well. That's a, so. that's a nice invest. Although Apple's kind of tanking right now, right? It's, it's down a little bit. Yeah. Um, wh what would you say to a, a fledgling investor like me? who invested in DraftKings, but um, <laughs> what would you say is a good is a good stock? I'll go on Robinhood right now, maybe um, put down on I mean, I like Tesla, I think Tesla's the future. You know, there's another car company called Neo. it's like an electric car maker out of China. Oh, I heard about that. So I think it used to be like $48 a share, now it's like $21 a share. Someone convinced me to invest in Rivian, which is like electric trucks, I think. Yeah. And it literally has done nothing but gone down since really? I bought it. Dang. I've lost like $1,000. Yeah, timing is everything for sure. <laughs> But you, so you do well in stocks too. I do well, but I've had days where I've lost a shitload of money and it yeah. sucks. Yeah. Like I've had days where it's like, this is not fun. And I, I write big ass checks to the government with a lot of commas and that sucks. So it's, <laughs> and it's, do you invest in crypto as well? No, I don't do crypto. No, I'm Apple and Tesla and then I'll sell options as well. I like, I like options. Yeah. So I have fun. no idea what that fucking means. Uh, do you want to learn or is that going to be boring? <laughs> Okay, give it's me boring. Exp, do options for dummies. Okay, so it's like buying, um, like uh, it's almost like buying a lottery ticket for twenty grand that might be worth two million in five years, or it might be worthless. 
That's tough, man. It's so tough <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> Have you ever so, been completely burned by one? Oh, yeah. Dude, I got my ass kicked on an option um, this past week. Lost oh, a fuck. Lost a shitload of money. Like, if I tell you how much I lost so on this you, option. Wait, so in one week you could lose that much? Yeah, you can lose. You can do short-term options or long-term options. Yeah. So, so here's what it is. So basically you have to um, – I'll still, there's two different types, calls and puts. So imagine you buy a house for like a million dollars, and you don't think that the house is going to go up in value at all. You can sell an option – for like, um, say your house gets appraised at 1.5 million, that guy gets to buy your house from you for 1.5 million. He'll yeah. pay you money for that deal. Yeah. Like you live in a million dollar house and I think your house is going up to 3 million from one and you don't think it's going up at all. I'll say, I'll give you 50 grand and, I, and you gotta sell it to me for 1.5 million. You're like, great, I get great. cash and good. you just made half a million dollars. Yeah. But in a market like Austin, that, that house can go up to 9 million and yeah. you're like, fuck, you have yeah, to sell yeah, it for 1.5 million. Yeah. So that guy for 50,000 just made seven and a half million dollars. Yeah, got for it. For $50,000. Okay, so that's the gamble you're going for is what but he- instead of a house, you're buying stocks. Yeah, So it's yeah. something worth value. So you're saying, I, you're st- it's kind of a win-win really. So assuming the stock is going up, yeah. If it doesn't go up, then if say say it, it, the stock gets appraised at one point four nine million, then you say, "Ha ha, you didn't get there. Thanks for the fifty grand." And now uh, your house is worth four hundred thousand dollars more, and you get to keep your house. Ah, uh, all right. So that's there's an advantage to selling the option, and there's an advantage to buying the option. Wow, man. So that's a, that's a, that's a, you got a lot going on, man. And three kids. I'm busy. And yeah. two two homes. Mm-hmm. Apartment here, house. In so you Florida. still have to talk about how you got into. Uh, comedy Sorry, yeah, yeah no it's me it's me me, me. so so now it's um you know poker was great but it was long hours and um you know i was starting to do more stock stuff now but by the time i had just bought apple and i just sat on it that's my best advice to you buy a good company and forget you ever did it yeah you know, don't be like oh shit it doubled let me sell it but now you're paying taxes on it and it can't yeah. go up any more than that so time is your friend in the stock market just throw throw whatever spare money you got don't take that three thousand dollar trip to vegas for the weekend throw that shit in tesla and in 20 years it might be worth thirty thousand dollars yeah you know if it might be worth one hundred thirty thousand dollars. yeah you just never know but um time is your friend and just throw it in there and forget forget that you did it yeah so anyway um so now i'm starting to do more stock stuff get married have twins right off the bat two kids and i've always loved comedy so they weren't twins they were twins. Yeah. Oh, they were twins. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I had done like comedy in high school a little bit during talent shows and stuff, okay. you know, and like done well with that, like late 90s shit. And then um, I was doing funny skits with a buddy of mine from college and putting on Funny or Die. Oh, wow. Just doing silly skits when I met my wife and just, you know, it was my outlet. Just we were getting hits and it was fun. And um, so doing sketch And was comedy. she a fan of comedy or? She was in some of my sketches. Yeah, a fan. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so she was cool. She's all, she was, you know, then we got married and had kids. And at that point it was like, Am I just a stock guy that's going to wear slacks and play golf on Sunday with my buddies every week for the rest of my life? Is do you remember it? the moment where you had that, like, I got to do, I got to change. I got to do something else. Yeah. I mean, Anthony, you know, Anthony, my business partner yeah. and best friend, he, he, when I went to a comedy club in St. Augustine, like the next little beach city down. Yeah. And uh, it was an open mic night. Anybody can get up. And so I kind of scattered it out the week before. He's like, dude, you should definitely do that. Um, so that and was, you had material ready. I wrote about eight minutes. Yeah, it was an eight oh wow. Bit. Yeah, wrote eight minutes, and then um, and it was uh, you know, I got some advice saying do the show that you would want to see. So they had a little TV in the corner. It was like a sports bar too. Yeah. And so I put the visuals in, and um, your first show, you put the visuals in. Yeah, first. Oh show. wow. Yep. I did like a six minute or four minute bit on why gay marriage should be legalized, and yeah. there was a table of nine lesbians right up front oh wow and it was an audience vote and i had them all cracking up and so i won the open mic night and just was hooked ever since yeah yeah, yeah. so when that, was your first time you remember oh yeah i mean it was it was a place called surf reality in, in, in manhattan and um i was not i was clearly not good but i've been an actor i went to school for acting nice and i just got out of school and I, and I thought that I'd been on the stage. I was already on Broadway when I first got out of school and then off Broadway, this massive hit. Hell yeah. Um, and you know, I was doing a play that Meryl Streep would come to, Liam Neeson, like all the stars would see this play I was in. So I was cocky in terms of my ability as a performer because I was one of the leads in the play and I was like, I'm fucking, I've done TV show guest star. So, yeah. um, so I thought that I could go up, like many people, I thought that they could pretty much wing it. Yeah, this is gonna be easy. This is yeah. gonna be easy. I'll do this thing. I'll do some some wacky physical things, maybe a pratfall. And uh, 
and there were some scouts and I mean this is my first time open mic like if you do well in this open mic you'll be in the documentary comedian with Jerry Seinfeld or something oh cool they were filming I think that it was night. that I think it was right then or which I, room was it, it was or maybe it was jungle a, something it was what? What was the name of the room again? It was called. Sir, it was on like Houston, and it was like a bar. Nice. But the promotion was called. Anyway, it was three or four minutes, and I just fucking bombed. Uh, I don't know what I was doing. I was just doing like, what the hell? Because oh no, I think no, that's not. They they showed the movie. They screened the movie comedian. Oh, that's cool. And the casting director for comedian producers there, were yeah. there. That's what it was. Um. So. And I was like, oh, what the fuck is the best boy? Like, uh, sounds gay. Or, I don't know. It was just dumb. Everybody I was, sucks for a year, don't they? I was trying to like riff on, you know. <laughs> oh, and, you're one of the best now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, man. So, um, so you, you were hooked then and, uh, and you were still in Jacksonville. Yep. And when did you start branching out? So Jacksonville, this is like 2011, 2010, 2011. And then uh, we did a weed documentary in, in Colorado, which is really fun. Uh, me and Anthony bought the first joints legally sold in U.S. history. Are you shitting me? So that was cool. Yeah, we're just fucking around, and um, it's on YouTube. I'll, I'll text. What, what state was that in? In Colorado. In Colorado, yeah, I was about to say. And um, so it was fun. We had a good time, um, and then yeah, just started doing little shows around Jacksonville, just hosting. And you and start promoting. And you start producing, promoting. Well, the cool thing about Jacksonville is there's a lot of little beach cities. That yeah. You get these drunk people from up north just trying to escape the weather. They're looking for entertainment. Yeah. You know, so they'll go see anybody. You don't have to have a name recognition. Oh, you for sure. So it's great. So you get these rooms that you know it's like 50 75 people that are drinking ready to laugh and so if you're good you know you'll get laughs and all that but um so we, we would have fun with it and um but the cool thing about florida scene is you can get 30 minute um sets like early like, yeah you, you can get they're like you can do 30 all right come on I mean, yeah we trust you yeah here's a hotel room and 75 bucks <laughs> yeah like, that sounds right. fucking awesome <laughs> yeah. the first time you make money doing comedy i mean i, I still remember that it was one of the best nights of my life I think I literally ran downstairs and did the thing where you jump up and like click your heels together. Yeah, it's awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you get checks for doing this. Like, oh shit. So, how did you become such a powerhouse in Austin with your with your comedy? I don't just really like, think I am. I just think I like to have fun and you're a likable guy too. It seems like it seems like people you, like you. Likewise, and you don't have a um, you, you you're not. And dude, I'll tell you this, and this is you know this doesn't leave the podcast. Um, th- there's some shenanigans with the money here in Austin with the with the comedy. I'm not going to name the promoters who were alcohol shenanigans but there's a little bit like so i got paid this week but i'm not getting paid this week and i'm not okay and if you rock the boat and say hey i should be paid for this show then it's an issue or i thought the deal was it you know so basically like i've learned to just shut my mouth about it in la things are done very you get paid that night or in in laugh factory there's a sign in situation that's so how we like to do it too right off you get off stage here's your check <laughs> yeah and, that, that's, and, and you pay really well and the money's always right there maybe the that night or the next day worst case scenario but like it's amazing how it, that's not always the case in austin i think that's going to be the downfall of 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 the scene here if people want the scene to be like the mecca of comedy so i'm glad you're not a part of that but yeah, um i think the secret uh, from anthony and i's perspective is like being a comedian for 10 years and only putting on shows for one year i approach everything with a comedian mindset yeah, that's like what how would is. i want to be treated like i feel like we've kind of infiltrated this whole business side to where it's like We've kind of snuck in, like, hey, yeah. there's no bosses here, y'all. We can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> yeah. you know? like, so it's like you, you also aren't trying to get rich. You're trying yeah. to make great shows. Yeah, I'm sure not, you're making money, but like, you're probably not making money like some of the other people who are paying their comics yeah, nothing. It's tough. You'd be surprised. We yeah. do a lot of promoting. You know, yeah. we do a lot of yeah. promoting. Like, we have if you spend X amount of dollars, you can get X amount of ticket sales. So we do a lot of like advertisements and like uh, Instagram stories and stuff like that. You yeah. Know, like putting the flyer out and stuff. Sure. Just because my, and that's the other mentality of a comic is I don't want to perform for 10 people in the crowd. Like I'm, I can see the ticket numbers like, okay, we got to do a push here, you know, or sometimes like, Hey, we got this. It's already sold yeah. out. Like every show's different. Yeah. So, so, and you were already doing this before you came to Austin. Um, like you, you'd already figured no, out how to make. I never these. had put comedy shows on until Austin. Oh wow, yeah, man! Because you're, they are the years. best shows. I'm actually excited that you guys left Sunset Strip because Sunset Room, Sunset Room, <laughs> Sunset Strip is your brand. That's right. Okay, the Sunset Room because um, uh, I, I I loved you and Anthony. You great comics, great crowd. I was never crazy about the room. You know, it was always just a little bit echoey. It was always a little bit um, 
Yeah, you know, like the, it was just wood floors and high ceilings and, and deep. So just yeah. the sound was never as crisp as I, as I wanted it. And I also have terrible diction, so that's a personal thing for me too. Um, so I like the idea of you guys finding a venue that it will match what you're actually bringing because you were better than the venue. Your promotion, your team, your comics, and your crowds were better than the venue. I'll just say that. Good comics, great comics, and great crowds is the is the winning combination. Yeah, and also whatever good, we gotta do to get both of those. It, it, it all comes down from the top. Like you know, you, you you start the show. You're funny. You're likable. You you introduce a fun light atmosphere for your intro, and like goes from there. And that's another reason why I like the the pictures is because they're so used to watching Netflix or whatever else, so it kind of warms them into a little. <laughs> yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. I like that idea. It's like a like little that. transition to, to into tradition, into you know. And so this Friday we're up. going to be doing a variety show. Yes, let's talk about that. We got to come <laughs> okay, up with something. Okay, we got a few more minutes. We can talk about the variety show. <laughs> let's do it. Um, we're talking about ideas for for a show now. The, I briefly pitched this idea. It's it's half baked, but the show would be either called like Clean and Mean or Clean Mean and Obscene. And or, I like um, both those. And basically, mean, I've seen. You're, you're, you say a joke, or t- I don't know how, how it, but at some point people go, mean. Then you say like a mean joke, obscene. Then you say an obscene joke, clean. And then you have to kind of go back and forth, but you have to do it in a way where it, whatever it, the thing is, the bell or someone yells it out or however it's orchestrated, you have to segue smoothly into it in a way where it's not like, you know, on some level, you have to, even if the segue is stupid, like, speaking of cunts, I was with my mother, you know what I mean? It still has to be something. So the crowd so yells a, out what they want to hear, and then you tell one of those jokes? I, I guess so. I so haven't really, I haven't yeah. really fully, fully broken it down yet. And, I, and it seems like there'd have to be, like, a very, a structure in place to make it, like, either a bell, and someone would yell out, like, someone's appointed to yell out what they want. You tell me what you want me to say to the crowd, and I'll say, because I do that with something like, okay, we need this, yell out this, like, and then I'll have to So basically, yell it just out. be clean, mean, obscene, right? We have Those a are wheel the three options. Spin, if that interests you at all, we could do, put a wheel in it. Be, I guess the way I think it'd be funny if someone like talking a clean joke, okay, so I start doing a clean joke about blah, 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 and, it, and um, at some point, maybe, I don't know how it'd be, like, someone goes, Ding, like ding, obscene. So then you have to like finish that joke and then go into obscene joke. And while you're in obscene joke, they go bing, mean, or whatever. And I don't know, go back and forth. That might be a little more annoying than it that is could fun. Be funny. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Maybe even pull somebody from the audience to be the dinger so it doesn't look like we planned oh, it. Exactly, 100%. That could be cool. Like whenever you ding it, he'll go from clean to mean. And then whenever you ding it, he'll go into obscene. Oh, yeah. It could also be like, you know, but it has to be like, um, audience. maybe like idea. has to be like a, a minute or, or 30 seconds. You have to wait, like, maybe give someone a stopwatch. They have to wait at least 30 seconds least 30 before seconds. they hit the bell. Yeah. I have a timer on the stage so I can do that. Yeah. I'll yeah. work the timer and then have an audience member ding the button. Yeah. That could be cool. Clean, mean, and obscene. So you just, you just riff on uh, audience So you're suggestion. doing like a, you're doing like a, a clean joke and then you start saying something about, you know, you start doing your clean material and they go like mean. And then you kind of like have to segue from that into like your meanest material. And then they go, blah, blah. <laughs> and then maybe it'll be clean again. Then you go back to clean. Dude, I love it. Scene, and then you go to see. So I, I feel like it should be chaotic. Yeah, do, should do you know what I mean? Into, like yeah. it should be like, and not like that you, long. Like almost a, like you have split personalities telling it. Yes. You're like a calm person telling but the Maybe it part, starts then, off like, and then, and then you, then it's every 15 seconds, you kind of, and then you kind of like have to eventually just, tap out or something you know what i mean yeah so so the audience member dings the bell and says one of the three yes and then you just go and then the you next start time going she dings and it, they ding that you guys and they, yeah. say, and they then you have to go into that joke and maybe it, when it starts it's like she gives you 30 seconds and then after like two minutes it's 50 i don't know something i mean i haven't figured out we're spitballing right now yeah but um i don't I know this is great why i love it because another show idea I had it was called First and Last, which is basically the comics go up there and they do their first year of comedy material, and then they do their last year. But that's something people have to prep. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like for me to go back versus... to my first year, I have to really like, what the fuck do yeah. I do? And I'd work on it. So I that'd be a show that you have to great. prep. Clean, mean, and obscene. <laughs> or clean, mean, or obscene. Clean, mean, clean, mean, obscene. Maybe just clean, mean, obscene would be the clean, name. Clean, mean, but... obscene. I like that. And then, yeah, you, someone's like hitting a bell and you just go back and forth. Yeah. Um, now, the thing is, like, if you have an obscene joke that's 
long, let's say it's a two minute long bit and someone's hitting the bell, do you punch out of it? I mean, there has to be some things working. Yeah, out. I know it. How do we do this bell thing? It might be tricky where if, like, if you're crushing it and somebody else doesn't have the timing yeah. to like cut you, cut you off. Maybe it has to be at the end, at the end of, it has to be at the, it can't be in the middle of a joke. Yeah. It has to be at the end of a joke or end of a bit. And there yeah. has to be like a minute in between each and then it's 30 seconds. And then Maybe with each ding, you have 10 seconds to wrap it up. Yeah. Or you can, you know, you can either finish it or wrap it up in 10 seconds. Maybe that could be one of the rules. Yeah. That way, if you go over the bell, the audience would kind of understand. But they hit the bell, so then you have to wrap it up. But God, what if you have like a long bit though? Yeah, that's true. Um, stay we'll for the think next about time that. it gets to have seen because it's going to ding a bunch of times. So you're going to come back to that same category anyway. So oh, yeah. It's good that could, they cut you off. Oh, yeah. Then you can come back to yeah, the same obscene joke. She, she might be obscene, ding, obscene, ding, obscene. And the truth is, if you have a bit that's a long bit, like, a, like I was thinking about this bit, this Nestle knockout bit that I've never done, the one that got me banned from USO. And, what? Uh, tell me this story. <laughs> you got banned I've told it, I've told it before. I'll tell you afterwards. But, okay. um, uh, which is a fun, obscene joke, but it's really, it's a three-minute bit if you, if you stretch it out. Yeah. But then if you go, ting, you go back to clean, there's still jokes within it. I mean, so you can still, save and it for then go back epi- to the same. Could you save it for another episode, or does it have to wrap up like with, with a finish? Or maybe every it? time it's obscene, you could go back to that same joke and finish it out. Yeah, maybe. Or it might be fun to take audience suggestions, like, you know, like a person or a place. I might say a homeless person. Yeah. And then you say, you know, clean. So you're like, <laughs> make a joke about, well, they're not, that's one thing they're not or whatever. <laughs> like you're just telling jokes that your kids could listen to. I love it. And then, yeah, the ding. So you want her to ding it every, I think this is a great idea. Let's think about it. Yeah. Let's think about it. Anyway, um, we should wrap up. I think it's been an hour already, man. Fuck yeah. I got Time flies. Uh, and fun. now you're going to drive me to the airport. Are <laughs> oh, you going Thank to the airport you. too? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Drive me to the airport. You can drive me off while you pick up Anthony. Oh, that's perfect. I didn't even know you are going to the airport. That's what I'm perfect. saying, motherfucker. That's perfect. Um, all right. So we are signing out. And Adam, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Instagram, at Adam Hartle. All right, guys. If you're in Austin, come check out Sunset Strip Promotions and Adam Hartle. All right. Thank you, Bill. Bye-bye. Thank you, Adam. That was fun. <laughs>